0: Expedition of the Craggy Rugby Podcast this is a big season to find in game for us. Yeah it's a huge night good crowd in
1: hopefully Connacht can uh, get themselves going for this game, they had a big chance last week which slipped by but that's forgotten now we'll see how they go, a lot of players carrying knocks but it has a big feel tonight there's, there's a really good atmosphere in here and if Connacht can get going quickly in this game they can get this crowd fully involved
0: yeah, the crowd are really up for it. It should be a cracker. We'll talk again on 20 minutes.
2: Just when they need the front foot. This is a lot of ball for the side from Coventry. And they really are starting to grow in confidence. They trail by three points to nil, but they've had a lot of momentum. Spinning in the tackle is Young's What an offload to Hughes. He's going towards the line. He's hard to stop. And Kieran Murmy makes the tackle. It doesn't matter the offload, and it looks like it's going to be a try. Referee's going to look at the TMO. But I think Watts have scored, and I have a feeling it was the scrum half who popped up there, Simpson.
0: OK, William, it's just gone past 20 minutes. The score is seven points to three to Wasps, and they're fully deserving their lead. Yeah, playing, real, playing really well. they winning all the breakdown contact areas.
1: We've just been running out of room. Passing strategy is just not worrying them, and they, they really are coming up hard and fast. Uh, we rather gave them the try by failing to clear our own lines, but they're playing well. We're living on scraps
0: a little bit. We've had possession, but we're not doing much with it no and they've just turned down to kick the goal and kicked to the corner we'll talk again in half time hopefully in a better mood
2: open the gap for Eddie Local and gets connected on the front foot Dennis Buckley catches it with his right hand when he almost overran it and did really well to take it in Jack Cardy crossfield field kick Danny Pullman can he get to it it bounces one Pullman has scored a try Brilliant kick from Cardi. Pullman had a little bit of work to do. He steadied himself. He touched it down. He really is some finisher, Danny Pullman. A temporary replacement for now. He's got Connick's first try to game.
0: Okay, William. We're a bit happier now. Halftime score is 13 points to seven. What a comeback from Connick. Yeah, brilliant comeback. Came through a yellow card, which they won by three points to nil when Tiernan O'Halloran
1: got uh, sent to the bin. They've really dominated the last 12, 15 minutes there through just grim determination, running at speed, few training ground moves, and I think they've really got stuck in. I think they realised that if they stayed as passive as they were, uh, this game was going to be taken away from them. So they've upped it it now,
0: and they're hugely in this. It's a great effort because they really were starting to look a bit under the weather. They certainly were. Hopefully that's even better news on 60 Minutes. Okay, William, it just gone past 61 minutes. The score is 13 points to 10 to Connacht. And uh, uh, Wasps just hit the post with a penalty. It's a great game of rugby. Yeah, very similar to last week. I would have levelled the scores at 60 minutes. Connacht missed
1: last week, Wasps missed this week. Uh, it's in the melting pot. You'll probably say Wasps would just probably have edged this second half in terms of
0: physicality. But Connacht are sticking to their game plan and we'll see what happens. We will indeed, we'll talk again at full time.
2: Marmion to feed, Connacht have lined up everyone on the wide open side, there's no one on this short blindside channel. Wasp get a shove on, the ball pops out and it's turned over against the head. Wask could be in here in the corner, Bassett try! What a moment for Wasps! They have turned over a conic scrum five metres from their own line. And this could be one of the lower points of the season for Connacht if that's the way they're going to lose. at 72 minutes and 50 sec- 15 seconds on the clock. Yeah, it will take a miracle. Sean O'Brien comes up. Connacht trying to get over. They're on their feet. Has Nia Diolokan forced a turnover? He has! But we're in on 80 minutes. Nia Diolokan! He went into the middle of a rock. Is there time for a line-out? I don't think there is. We're definitely on 80 minutes on the stadium clock, John. Yeah,
1: and... Uh, they just have to tap and go or go for a scrum if they want
2: they're asking can we go to the corner Matthew Reynal is pointed to the corner is he saying you can he's saying you can yeah.
1: okay time for the line Ross
2: are raging because they see 80 minutes on the clock and they want the full time wrestle, but the referee says nope it's time
1: okay so this is the game right here Rob it'll be yep. someone to pull out of the fire if they can manage it from here uh, line out
2: Heffernan to metres. throw in Stevenson takes it down the mall is set and Ross have driven them back they are trying to drive on in comes Bundiaki. they're going all out for this joke.
0: yeah Rory parat
1: has joined now there's very few left out in the back line
2: they're spinning off and how have Connick got this chance we don't know well Nia Diolokan orchestrated they need to keep the ball at the back and the yard. Dalai has it at the back they're going towards the line they're over has That's won this game First the win it. I'm getting carried away. It's over. I can't believe it. Jack Hardy has a
0: chance to kick the winning kick as it's 18 all on 80 minutes. It's on the very right-hand touchline. This will be amazing. Well, in the year of 2016, there's a, there's a pitch invasion that Jack Carty has just kicked the winning pick. That's incredible. That's, uh, that's
1: absolutely amazing. They just kept themselves in it. The new law allowing them to kick the ball to touch and have one more play when the time had gone dead. And then Jack Carty, who's had his problems goal-kicking, has
0: just nailed it from the touchline. And that is absolutely amazing. That is just staggering. Oh, incredible. It was a try by our new man, Dawa. So, we'll, we'll talk again when this counts down. And it's a win for Connacht. 20 points to 18. OK, welcome to the post-match section of the podcast. You're not hearing Mr Murphy because he's off at a party. You know, it's well for some. So, I've got a... a <laughs> Quite a rabble here today! Actually, we got Ronan Barn Good evening. We've got Packy. Good evening. We've got Dave. Good evening, folks. And you got Daniel Deegan to represent the younger generation. How's it going? Okay, Packy. What
3: a win! Savage. Excellent. I need a few minutes to digest it. I've been too busy. Um, but that was that was serious.
4: That was excellent. Against all the odds it certainly was Ronan you you travelled all the way from England and it was worth the trip oh, absolutely God. is there any finer way to win a game than with a last kick I know it's just the place just erupted absolutely erupted it's fantastic absolutely fantastic Dave I believe you weren't too happy with some of the refereeing decisions
5: I disagreed with a number. Uh, the gentleman to my right, who was also on my left during the game, also disagreed uh, with a number of decisions. Or I believe he was in the position to discuss them with Mr. Garces afterwards. Um, I, do not wish Ill, I do not wish ill on the man. He was forced off. Um, I would. I, I believe Mr. Reynal, who came on, uh, also his initial decision. I disagreed with. I didn't see the final decision, so I can't say if I disagreed with it or not. I think there may or may not be. He may or may not have made a really major cock-up for the try. And you know what? I said it was coming, we were gonna get a major cock-up in our favour during the game. It happened it may have happened, in which case,
0: ha. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and the youth section, what do you think?
6: Just on the win, it's just unbelievable. You think? Yeah, just, just unbelievable. It's like great to come down from Dublin, like just come down, and you just see the whole place erupting. We we're sitting in in up above and you hear the chant Connacht. And you couldn't hear Rob and Joe. And Rob and Joe were standing about a meter away. And it's just this atmosphere from this whole place. There was just a belief from the whole way through. I know we went down. I know they they got the kick, but or they got the, the try. But Gosford missed missing that kick. There was just that little bit, you know. There there was always that belief. You know, we could come back, get it, get a try, get that get that conversion.
0: Yeah. So Danny Danny was actually in the being stats man for Rob today. He hasn't done it for a number of years. So that's that's why he was listening to Rob and Joe, or was able to listen to Rob and Joe. Ronan where somebody uh, needs to fan Captain Craigie's head while he's getting uh, petered <laughs> up during the game Ronan Ronan where do you think that win came from where, where, where did the belief come from that
4: well, I think the, the critical juncture of the game was the uh, referee substitution, basically. I think, that, honestly, I, I, we were. Uh, I, I'd go along with Dave in respect of the amount of decisions. And, like, you know, uh, you expect uh, our, our Connick supporters to be partisan about the, the performance of the referees uh, during games. And a lot of stuff that people were shouting about was incorrect. But he missed a whole bunch of stuff. A whole bunch of stuff. And I was delighted when he went, when he went off. And I said, don't wish him ill but when Reinald came on I thought we might have a chance here still even though we conceded a try just still you know you, you know, last year I think taught us a lot about ourselves as a, as, a, as a club and there's there's always a chance we're always in games you know uh, if, we're, if we're only a score behind there's always a chance you know and uh, they proved us right again
0: they certainly did Dave give us a very succinct version of what happened during the whole game succinct
5: um, well, I can't tell you. There's everything... If anybody saw the game last week, all the things that went wrong last week went right this week. And everything went right last week. I'm going to say one thing. I think the best players... I'm still trying to work out how the man of the match ended up not with the trophy. Because Jack walked off with the man of the match trophy. I think Launchby is superb. I think, he's, I think he kept them in the game. He was single-handedly destroying us. The first try... We missed three tackles, but the initial comes in and from an appalling miss of in from the side at our ball and they turned the ball over. We did miss three tackles. It wasn't. uh, We then came back. uh, Tiernan was yellow carded. He lay on the ball. He stopped the try happening. It was the most cynical thing I've ever seen Tiernan do. It's not his type of game. But weirdly, they couldn't take advantage of that. In the time, from the moment Tiernan was yellow carded to the end of the first half, we won it uh, 10-0. Uh, with a try from Danny Pullman who was then promptly taken off for Matt Healy who he'd come on for and never went back on the pitch so that's my type of, that's my type of cameo uh, second half we had a lot of ball didn't convert it it's the same problem as last week it's execution and they are one thing I will say about Watson, and the way Dai Young has them and the reason they took six points and we took four is they are clinically clinically efficient they get it to try from a from a, something that they had a problem with. we destroyed them the scrum last week and it was complete re- role reversal Marty Moore was terrible last week he came on and he mullered Dennis and they got the scrum they, they got they won the scrum they gave it that to Bassett he goes in the corner and then Mr Garcés gets injured and then Nauli Adobia did two things in the game he blocked down a kick with his first touch and he scored the try Jack steps up kicks the ball over the bar I don't care if he never does it for again I don't care if he has a zero after that he will survive. He will be a hero to a lot of people, to a lot of young kids, because he's had a rough week. He knows himself. He's not. He's, he doesn't live in the bubble, and, doesn't, and, it doesn't, and is not aware of what's been said about him. He's also not aware of the fact that he has issues in his game. And he is a, trying to address those issues. And he stood up, and he had bigger balls than the four of us combined. Because I couldn't have done that. I don't know if anybody here, has, any of you, would have had the mental toughness, given what he's been, given what he's been. Basically, told last week that he, his he, 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 kicks cost us the game at 2017 last week. To do what he did. And every player ran over to him, and every kid that ran onto the pitch went over to Jack and to do what he did. I'm especially, especially with the
4: first kick, the first yeah. kick of the game. I mean, uh, you know, which is it, it, they are, they are, they are the sort of kicks though that are are his his Achilles heel. The, the, it's this 50 metres in, you know, just slide to the right of the pitch, and he just, you know, it's 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 a it's a mental block of him in the minute. But like the, that, the confidence boost he got from the when we scored a try at the end of the first half and the kick from the you know the left hand uh, uh, touch line. And he just nailed it, and like you could see him walking off, like his like his shoulders were like just like just up so <laughs> I, I high, just you know trotting off like in, uh, in, into the shed, like and th- he, you know, th- you know th- th- I, th- he he got into the shed like and everyone be giving him uh, pats in oh, the back. Here's the there. thing,
5: Gopper Smith. I think Danny's right. Gopper Smith's kick is a huge factor, is another factor in this. And Gopper will not get that cost them, what? at least that cost them at least two, ca- you gained us two points and cost them two points, which is in the group this tight is really huge. <laughs> I do not see Jimmy Goppert getting the level of abuse about his kicking and the, the constant statements about his kicking that that that, uh, that Jack has got over the week and Jack's missed kicks last week were not the reason we didn't win this game and likewise I don't think Gopper's kicks this week are the reason they didn't win the game but it's just a consistency we're looking for consistency in everything and it's just analyse what Gopper did wrong in the way the analyst Jack did wrong and I'll be happy
4: the, uh, the, I think the, the issue with Jack you know, it, it isn't, uh, it, it isn't just the game last week I think you know, the reaction was w- wasn't just about the game last week and the kicks that he missed last week for three seasons now his uh, kicking percentage is below 50% you know, and 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 that is at this level. That's not not good enough, really. To be honest, he needs to be improving it. And you know, I think that's the concern. You know, like those big games. You know, uh, there's a lot of pressure, and you understand. You understand, guys struggling. You know, having an off, having an off day. You know, but if if you're not doing it in the other games, if you're not getting the seventy percent in other games you know then you know you, you can sort of expect a bit of a reaction uh, yeah. with games like last week
0: you know yeah, yeah but like I, I don't, what, what people don't seem to realise is that he had at least three games this year where he kicked 100% and nobody noticed the problem is that it only people only notice when he's making the mistakes but they're yeah. not making his kicking percentage was 55% going into this game which is too low probably it has got to be consistency but you, uh, there's
4: yeah. no point having 100% games and then, and then 40% games and 100% games and 40% game. it needs to be 70 80% mm-hmm well 70% I think I'll be happy I mean, most people would be happy with 70-75% you know at this level yeah, you know, percent,
5: which is why if John Cooney is back next week I don't, expe- I don't expect Jack to kick because Cooney is at the moment as we keep going until he doesn't he has never missed a kick for Cardiff. how do you drop Kieran Marmion uh, he might be injured
3: that's how you drop him yeah is Yeah, it? he did not look good coming off there I think his ankle is yeah, okay. that ok yeah no um, it would yeah. be good to to. I don't know arrest him maybe for that
1: um, yeah that's what, I, that's what I reckon now.
0: How did it go on there, William? It went, went
1: very well. Uh, dai Young was uh, a little bit disappointed, I think. Uh, but he took it very well. Um, Congratulating Connacht on what they did and the fact that they played. Uh, he feels that law doesn't come in until the 3rd of January and uh, he said he's a bit surprised that the referee... He didn't really go at the referee, but he went at him in a roundabout way, and he's quite correct, the referee should know the law, and the, the, the law was wrongly applied. Um, Pat Lamb was very quite subdued, and he's absolutely exhausted. He said the week they've had, very difficult. We'll hear some audio from both of them now.
7: My like, commiserations, you almost had that in the bag, didn't you? Yeah, we was obviously one rack away from, from winning that game, so... Um, I'm really disappointed for the players um it's a difficult place to come uh and try and get a result against a very good team, you know. So with one ruck to go we had won that game. Um no complaints, you know. I think you've got to give uh Cornet a bit of credit. They kept on playing right until the end when probably that game looked like it was lost to them really. But I'm really proud of, of our players. I'm really disappointed for them because you know I couldn't have asked much more um of them today. I thought we were a bit scrappy and a bit panicky first half. Didn't uh, have that uh, accuracy really. Second half, I thought you know we we were far more controlled in the way we, we play the game, and obviously we uh, you know, we've got our noses in front. And when you get the noses in front, uh, you know the t- type of teams that uh, that are in this competition, competitions very hard to turn it around. And, and we were one one ruck away from uh, from getting um, a really uh, difficult win. Uh, great in that second half to, to get that try from their scrum. Yeah, I think you know. In fairness, uh, last week comment had uh, the edge in the scrum. I think uh, uh, I thought that was reversed today. I thought we were, you know, clearly on top today. But uh, you know, we worked on things throughout the week and uh, you know to, to get right. And uh, in fairness, Marty Muller needs a big tap on the back. Uh, I thought he did really well, and Jacob Woolley, you know, and then Marty come on, come on, and, and finish the job. But uh, I was really pleased with the players, and as I said, I'm, I'm really disappointed for them because. Um, couldn't have asked much more of them really uh, playing' against the, the champions you know in their own back garden uh, and it was you know it, it was an ugly way to lose for us really it was a very intense game from the start wasn't it yeah it was very very noisy great atmosphere you know this is um, you know this it's a great place to play you know you know I've, I've come here years, years ago and it was probably you know um you know a couple of hundred people in four jack Russells. here so um they come on a long way since then, and you know it's a great place to come. Now it's a fantastic atmosphere, right behind the team. You know it's a, it's a fantastic venue to, to come and play rugby. And um, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, smiling Irish people going home tonight. And, and fair play to them. You know they they had their win, but from us there's a positive as in it's a six four. You know for us in the head to head. You know so um, you know so we got to be happy there looking for positives. But uh, it's going to hurt a little bit at the minute, but. As you say, it's part and parcel of rugby, and like we did it the same to Exeter last year, and you know, so it's better now in a group stage rather than a knockout stage. So uh, I've said to the boys, really proud of them, really feel for them. Wish I could say something that make it a little bit better, but I can't. Dust ourselves off and go again in the Viva Premiership uh, next week.
8: Were you surprised that when they could touch, it was gone eighty minutes? I thought that wasn't coming until next week.
7: Um, yeah, and I thought it had gone 80 minutes to be quite honest but, uh, and as I said that, um, you know, we'll have a look at that but, uh, you know, I think it was, all, the script was written, as it when, when it was kicked the touch, I, you know, it always looked like they were going to get the um, get the drive over pretty much and they were always going to kick kick it the, from the, the corner really, the script was written it, a little bit but, as you say, it, uh you know, we'll have a look at that but I wasn't sure if it was, uh, apparently it was just before or just after really but, um as i said i don't think that's in yet is it, I I it exactly. we've got a positive out of this uh out of this group as in uh out of this uh, these head-to-heads as in the four you know yeah. a 6-4 uh, so if it comes to if it comes to the on same points obviously uh we got there but you know, it, it's a massive game for us obviously to lose at home you know if we can beat to lose at home it makes the head to head against to lose in our favor you know we've already got the in, in Cornish favour, so you, you like to think then we've done enough, really. But uh, you know, with Toulouse still in the mix as well, they're gonna they're gonna come uh, all guns blazing as well. So it's, it's plenty to play for. Uh, so we're in a, in in a decent position, but you know, all to do.
1: Pat, we heard last week that it was needed win It was one game to nearly get us qualified. Did you think it was going to come down to the
9: last microseconds? Yeah, well, it was always going to. Uh, uh, when you play Champions Cup rugby or Test match rugby, it's uh, you know swings and flows, but you got to be you got to be right in there to the end. Um, certainly with four and a half minutes, ago, I sent a message down, uh, you know just tell the boys to keep believing, and then it came back. The boys are talking about belief, you know, which is great. I mean, this whole team, it's one of this will be one of the highlights of uh, my time when I'm in and Connacht because no one outside knows the week we've had. And I challenged the boys on Monday, said, well. It's a great chance to practice mental toughness, you know, and 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 preparation without being on the rugby field. And the amount of work we've put in um, in the classroom, in little little groups, um, just just going through things. Because the reality was we we couldn't. And you saw the warm up; they had more players at a home game because we only had one. Because we obviously got the Eagles, we only got one fit guy to warm up. So we only had 24 out there, but. It's just been an unbelievable week of challenging and, and really putting guys on the homework. So a lot of emails, a lot of study on the video, um, and we had one training session. And, and That training session confirmed to me the boys had done the work. Um, but I think the other highlight is conic rugby, and it's all you know, is all about how we deal with adversity. And that's through my whole time here. That's what it's what I love about this team. They can draw in on on experiences, they can draw in on our team culture, and um, you know and you see got one guy goes the next guy needs to step in and do the role do the job and you know you take someone like now there coming in and you know it's his first game and he fitted it nicely into that more i've seen him do it a few times at otoga um and then the guy i really want to mention is jack Hardy. i mean that is a great example you know whenever i get asked who's your favorite sportsman i said always oh, my people who get knocked down dust themselves off and keep going again and you know, Jack's taken quite a bit of uh flack and hit and um, but I watch uh, I think we watch him closely uh, how he deals with it. It hurts him, but he this week he did extra training sessions, extra goal kicking. He did uh, he really knew that the team's gonna need him because he's the only goal kicker left. And um he stepped it up and you know, I was just so pleased for him and his family to uh, for him to be able to win a game for Connacht. and you know he's quite emotional. We're all emotional about it, but uh, that 's an example of what kind of people are about. They get knocked back with you know challenges and stuff, and they dust themselves up and get going again so it's it 's a tremendous tremendous win
1: will that galvanize for the rest of the season is a is a win like that uh, sort of concentrates everybody's mind and shows what what you can do when you have to do it
9: no I think it's that's just adds to the many experiences that we 've had it doesn't guarantee you 're going to win the next game it doesn't but when I say. Let's chance to practice. I think you know instead of go through it and then say, well, what do we learn out of that as well? That's the case of well, we know what we're going through. Let's let's uh, let's draw on the experiences we had. You know, with Krause and us, the same thing. I said, let's prepare for this properly and let's use this as chances. A lot of different things that we can draw on. What this does is add to the guys who are new this year. To they've they got something to draw on. The guys who've been here since I've been here, they've got lots of different examples, and we're going to be tested. I mean, we're going up to Ravenhill, we've never won in Ravenhill uh, back in the Guinness Pro 12. We, then we've got Munster here, for which is going to be a, a boomer as well. So we've got Interprose now. So all this is is just another experience to add that we can draw on when we're going to be under so severe pressure up in Belfast.
1: It's a funny old place this when it's empty because it's just a dog track, but when it's like that tonight, what what what's that like for the players?
9: Well, I said before the game, we knew what was coming. I mean, we love we love it here. And, and I said, let the fellow. The last thing I said, draw on the crowd, draw on the crowd. I knew we all knew what was coming, but I said, draw on it to your body language. Draw on it, to getting up off the field. Draw on it to push yourself off the ball. You know, draw on it to encourage your mate. Bring draw on it to bring a lot of energy so that you can. Uh, we're going to make mistakes because they're a quality team, and but just keep you know using the energy, get the next guy up, and and, and keep driving yourself and. It is, uh, it is without a doubt a 16th man for us, you know, so it's just tremendous and when it's full like that. And it's, uh, you know, it's been going to be another one in New Year's, New Year's Eve, so looking forward to that one. You know, we left the uh, Pro 12 before we got in, you know, we had two good ones. But now it's, we you know, this we can park this knowing that we're alive for January, leave it. Now we get in, we only got another you know, six-day turnaround of all the injuries. It looks like Connor Kerry could be a big loss for us. That was a big, you know, of his ankle. Um, and there a couple of other niggles, so hopefully it's not too bad. But again, it's another short week. It's going to be up here and um, get up to Belfast. We've never won at Ravenhill, and uh, but have an opportunity to create a history there and try and you know be the first comic team to do back to back on Ulster, which is uh, you know the way they go It's going to be hard, but that's that's what excites us.
0: Okay, the each team in the group now, apart from the are on thirteen points. So. We're going to get Danny to read out the uh, rules on who's going to finish where if everybody finishes on the same points.
6: So it says, if two clubs in the same pool are equal on match points at the end of the pool stage, their ranking will be de- determined by the results of the two matches played between the relevant clubs as follows: the club with the greater number of match points for, from the two matches, or if equal, the club from the the club with the best aggregate points difference from the two matches. And if that's equal, the club that scored the most tries in the two matches.
0: OK, that puts us under pressure against Wasps and we have to try and beat Toulouse, I assume.
3: Yeah, we, um, we need to win in Toulouse, yeah. I think. I think we're going to need it anyway. Um, I, I After the game, I didn't mention it, but the, uh, the Toulouse game on the 78th, 79th minute when we were playing keep ball on our own 22, there was nobody out of the Toulouse backline and we had three players out and... Uh, uh, I'm just willing the willing Marmion to pass it up because Kelleher was gone the length of the pitch, and that was an extra point as well. But um, yeah, no, we need to we need to win Toulouse. It remains to be seen though whether Toulouse, if we can shore up the scrum, um, and if we can get hold of the ball, um, it remains to be seen whether Toulouse can handle the way Connacht play because I I don't think they can unless they lose 15 kilos a man. <laughs> <laughs> they, won't, they won't be able to and I don't, I, I don't mean that they can't to run them off the pitch but they're too heavy they just really are too heavy and it depends on the
1: conditions in Toulouse Yeah,
0: what do you think William?
1: Oh, I think you have to take stock of the injury situation and just see where we're going to be again um, it was interesting talking to Jack Carthy at the press conference and we'll maybe hear something from him in a while he said this game is almost over it's gone he said they've almost moved on already they're already thinking about Ulster um, he said, this is history. They've done what they had to do. And he did say one interesting thing. He said, Dave Ellis told him, you don't have to kick this. We're leading. And he said he double-checked the scoreboard to see that he did actually need the kick. So I don't know why that was a bit of reverse psychology. Um, but he said he's been working really hard on his kicking this week. So, um yeah, I think we just have to win the next two games. I think that's how they'll approach it. They won't bother with bonus point. Look, they, they, they'll be looking for a bonus point against Zebra they, they, they will, they will get one unless something unbelievable happens, and then they just go to a, uh, to lose with a shootout. It's hard to call to lose on Wasps. Um, I fa- I fancy Wasps for that at home somehow. I I, I just think they'll they'll have enough. Um, Joe Lonsbury when he came in looked crestfallen, absolutely exhausted and a bit shell-shocked really but they'll regroup they're playing on christmas eve uh, league match so they're uh, but they're actually doing their rehab in galway tomorrow morning and flying home tomorrow evening Um, so
0: it's uh, it's a treadmill for all of them isn't it it certainly is daniel as someone who's still playing the game because none of the rest of us are still playing the game anymore what would your thoughts be on you know you, you play a game like that you win a big game then you know you've got another one next week
6: You just gotta put it to the back of your mind because what you've done there, you gotta build on it. Like you can't say, "Oh yeah, that was great this week," but and then not follow it up. You have to give it more every week and just keep going. And you're talking about bonus points and stuff, and it's just they won't there won't be any talk about that until you're out on the pitch. You've got three tries. That's when you start looking at it. You the first very first thing is about getting the win, making sure you're in control of your own destiny. You know, you don't want to give it to anybody else. You know, you don't want to be sitting in the pool waiting on a score of to lose versus Wasps. You know, you want to have control of your own thing, but the way to do that is go out and win all your games. Just simple.
1: Yeah, I asked Pat Lamb, would, would this be a, a kickstart for the next bit of the season and stuff? And he absolutely said no. It's got nothing to do with it. Um, so that's basically been backed up there by, by Danny. You get the feeling the next two pool games, the next two rounds will have to be kicked off simultaneously. They normally kick the last round simultaneously. But because of this, I would say we'll be playing here on a Sunday against Zebre because Wasps will want to play their game. I think they'll be kicked off together. I'm pretty certain that's the way they'll do it. You don't think so, Dave?
5: No, I don't think, I don't think for round five they'll do it. For, they will do it for round six. They absolutely will do it for round six. But I think... I think it, I think we may not need to go there to Toulouse a result. I think I think I think the pressure may be off. I think a clear result, one way or the other, preferably in favour of Wasps in the Wasps Toulouse game, makes our life a lot simpler. If we haven't got five points against Zebra at home, then possibly we don't deserve to get through. Because we've taken a couple of lucky breaks. We got the lucky break tonight. We got another lucky break in terms of points differential by the fact that the Toulouse-Zebra game was called off after 67 minutes. That was a big... because bl- they- that, that was last game. week's game. That was last week's game. Which was a big... Which was majorly beneficial because it went past 60. The score stays at that. Which means the way Zebra have been playing recently, they've been coughing up a load of points in the last 10 minutes. So we got a lucky break there. We got a lucky break tonight. Our job is to beat Zebra. Worry about what happens, Boston to lose, but I think that is a game that's going to determine it. And I, much as I'd love for William to be right that they will play him at the same time, I think they won't do it for round five, but they absolutely will for round six.
0: Do you think we've any chance down in Toulouse, Packy?
5: Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah,
3: definitely. They. Um, I. I just. I don't see them. I. I don't see them getting that fit in. In that space time. I think their. Their game is. It's so sad. <laughs> the Toulouse have gone. Actually, they're just forwards bushing the ball up constant recycling heavy heavy footed big sometimes fat players just cranking the ball on and cranking it on cranking it on they've no finesse at all like they used to have um, I, 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 if we can if we can nullify that anyway or even do what we did keep the ball if we do what we usually do actually keep the ball we, we have a real chance
0: what do you think, Ronan? You're not, you not—you don't seem quite so certain.
4: No, I, I well, I don't, I don't. There's no way the Toulouse are going to be as bad as they were when they played here. There's no way. Do they, French teams just don't do that. You know, it's—it's it's one thing to go away and and be rubbish. You know, you, you see in the top 14, they basically play their second string when they go away. Even big clubs, they they you know, they, they run their second string when they when they're playing away uh, from home. Uh, the lower teams, team low, teams lower down the table, pretty much concede the game. to be honest, you know They—they uh, they focus on winning at home. And Toulouse will bring their full metal jacket uh, you know, t- against us because they know they they were rubbish. Um, so uh, do I think we, still, we can still beat them? Yeah, we can beat them. Yeah, we can. Uh, we need to be lucky with injuries uh, and we need to be more accurate than we have been in the last two games.
0: We certainly do. We'll take a quick pause here and, and listen to what Jack Carty actually had to say. I think we all need to take a deep breath after that one, Jack.
8: What did it like standing over that last kick? Um, Jesus, bit of a blur at the moment when I kind of lined it up. Dave Ellis uh, had said to me, "Oh, you, you can kick it anywhere." I think he thought we were actually winning, but uh, I had a quick look at the scoreboard. Uh, look, it's one of them ones. Uh, it's right on the touchline. You're kind of drawing the game. It's kind of the one, one of the ones you're probably not expecting to get. It one of the closer ones. Um, but look, I'm just delighted I got it for the lads.
1: Yeah, they they ran over to mob you afterwards. Does that sort of give you a good good feeling? The real to pull one of those out of the fire like that?
8: Uh, yeah. Look, I suppose my kicking probably um, has been quite inconsistent the last um, last couple of months. Uh, I did a good bit of work on it during the week, kind of tweaked a few things. And I'm just kind of happy for the lads that it um, that it worked out the way it did. And I suppose it won't be won't count for anything if I don't kind of back it up next week um, against Ulster. So I suppose about building on tonight and the next couple of weeks.
1: There's a lot of pressure on you as well because we're a bit short of tens at the moment. You're sort of the, the last man standing. Uh, yeah, I
8: think the next ten that's available is probably my younger brother Luke. So I'm trying to like really trying to injure him at home so he won't <laughs> get any games. Uh, yeah, look, I suppose it's just a few of the lads have been unfortunate. Um, I suppose with kind of Marnus and Shane there, the competition is always a good thing. So I suppose I just have to keep driving myself, week in week out, and try to stay injury free. People, and Pat was here just a minute ago, and he was saying that it was rough enough. We'd you, you were kind of aware of a bit of criticism out there. Yeah. And was it? Um. um how roughy did I suppose it's a case where, look, um, I was aware of it. There's certain kicks that, like my first one there, the ones you need to be kind of, kind of nailing. Um, you are obviously aware of it. I suppose just trying to to block it out. I suppose when I was younger, maybe last year, the year before, them things would have got to me, but. Um, I know if I kind of just keep working, um, I work with the right people. I was working with uh, Richie Murphy and Eric during the week a lot, and that kind of pointed me in the right direction. So I suppose it's just about like building on that now. You tried not to change that much, but I suppose where my kicking was quite inconsistent, you nearly have to, there was a few tweaks to be there. Like I, I was, um, if you can imagine, I was kind of kicking around the ball, which led to the ball being hooked a lot to the left, and then I'm overcompensating and trying to put it out on the right because I knew I was doing that. So it was about kind of hitting. Not around the ball, kind of kicking through it, and I suppose on the first one that's what happened. I kind of kicked around it, I dragged it left, uh, and then the next four, I suppose I kicked them in the the sweet spot, and that's they went straight then. Uh, well, I suppose for the backs, there's only there was only like eight eight fits, so we had a lot of the sub academy lads training with us. Uh, I suppose you have to be quite careful. We didn't have any uh contact this week where we usually would uh, other weeks, so I suppose it was kind of visual reps on Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday we were out in Murray out more, and more so we did a kind of clarity session out there and um, probably could have went a bit better but I suppose it kind of shows the lads, we went looked at the laptops, uh, did our homework and then on Thursday we had a good, good team session so I suppose a lot of it is kind of getting through the reps in your head and then if you do that then it's just good as on the pitch. I remember my first skill when I was standing over, I couldn't get over how quiet it was and um, it was like I was actually practising on the, on the pitch like on an off day but um, yeah like I was. One of them things is kind of when Jimmy got his kick at the end, I was like, "Jesus, might have a kick to win it." So, he kind of to block them things out, uh, and then obviously when Nee he got the turnover and we kicked to the corner, I saw it kind of edging towards the line. I was like, like trying to kind of block it out that I might have the kick." And I suppose when I stood over it, then I was just kind of doing the same thing that I we do in a week. So I use that the Headspace app, I don't know if anyone knows it. And I don't know Nee Fitzpatrick; she's a psychologist in Dublin. She used to be with the uh, Irish Olympic team and um, the equestrian team. So. I uh, actually haven't been with her in a while, so I was just kind of trying to focus on my kicking and my uh, individual skills. But I look forward to going up to her again. I'm under no illusions, kind of. I suppose the the work-ons I have to do. and um, I f- focused on my defense. Um, kind in the off-season, I think I've made good strides in that. So I suppose it's about the consistency of my game now. Kind of, was a lot of a lot of ups and downs the last couple of weeks or during the game. You can see I missed a kick to touch. And I suppose that kind of it's tough on the forwards when they see that and the ball kind of kicking the ball and uh, loosely. So I suppose it's kind of ironing them things out.
2: Hi, folks. We pause in this week's podcast just for a sponsorship feature. Just to say that our glory days documentary, which of course we released in October, charting the progress of Connacht over the course of last season and our coverage of it on Craggy Rugby Podcast and on Galway Bay FM. well it's going to be out again on Galway Bay AFM over the Christmas period the second airing of that just to celebrate that and to acknowledge our sponsorship here's uh, Dahye O'Connor of Revive Active talking to Alan
0: OK I'm here with Dahi O'Connor from Revive Active who's been very good to us and helped us um, with a, a few bob towards our um, rev- review of last year's game What? what what got you involved in rugby? What's your interest in rugby though, before we talk about the brilliant product you have?
10: Um, well Alan I, I, I've always been following Connacht uh, back to the days of Kieran Smith and Noel Mannion and the great Mick Tarpey mm. um, but uh, as a company Revive Active had an ambassador in Warren Gatland who was regions Connacht to Ireland and had a great record yeah. um, I think he managed Ireland for uh, 13 tests and 111 uh, we also have a super advocate in uh, was hero um, out half, uh, Eric Elwood. Oh, right. Oh, nice. a- and, um, you know, Eric has been a great supporter of ours for many years. And um, I have two boys who are, who, who are my experts in rugby. They're playing in the <laughs> uh, in the uh, jazz uh, senior school squad. Oh, so there's plenty there. There's plenty there. I have to say, I love Revive Active. I'm on it, you know, it's,
0: this is my third month on it now, and I feel like a 30-year-old. I've even got my parents <laughs> on it now at this stage.
10: When we started out to make the product... Um, we wanted to make the best product we could possibly make, yeah uh, we didn 't focus on the bottom line. We focused on how can we give the most amount of benefits to the consumer. So our flagship product, which Revive Active, has just been rebranded it 's got twenty six ingredients and they 're all in the right amounts. Um, You know, you have enough vitamin C for eight oranges. Uh, You have your vitamin D. You have everything packed into one. And the thing about it, Alan, is you just have to take it as a drink first thing in the morning and you're done
0: and where did, where did the idea come from what, what, what got you into it <coughs> in the first place
10: well there were, there were a number of doctors here in Galway who were involved in alternative medicine but they, they were offering sort of a bit of this and a bit of that and they had no product that uh, they could say that everything was in it that they could give to uh, patients but it, it's not necessarily just for patients like it's, it's a it's for our food today. Like we're not getting the same amount of nutrients as we would have been in the past. I mm-hmm. mean, what we're eating today is not the same as what twenty years ago. Yeah. So we have to supplement because we we, we deal with we very very busy lives. Mm. We we also have a mastermind, which is a cognitive and memory health product. And uh, I was talking to our R and D director. He says for for um, leaving search students or exam students that you know if they took three sachets a week. It would make an enormous difference to them. Right. So you you take it that you you buy a box of 30, that's going to last you for 10 weeks. Yeah. uh, And it's going to cost you maybe €44. If you go to reviveactive.com, you're going to find everything that you need. And if you want to see the list of ingredients, you can download them there. If you want to see what other people said, not just um, celebrities, but ordinary people, mm-hmm. and uh, how they fared out, that, that tells its story. We, we don't solicit um, testimonials. They come in um, on our Facebook, Twitter, and and um, we upload some to, to our website. Normally these places are German companies or Dutch <coughs> companies, whatever, but this is, this is a local company as well. It's a local company, and we found our niche in having really top-quality super supplements. And that niche has not been filled by top German companies. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, you know, I'm very proud to walk down um, Grafton Street and see your products in, in in the window, or or Patrick Street in Cork, or or, or up in in um, in Belfast, or indeed in 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 London, uh, down off Harley Street, John Bell and Croydon, one of the flagships. And we we sell all over the world. Well, I'd like to thank
0: you again, once again, for your support and. Um, I'll keep taking a revive active because I find it brilliant. And that's not I'm not getting paid for saying that. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, that's brilliant. Thanks very much, Di. I appreciate it. it. Enjoy the game today. Cheers, Alan.
2: Don't forget, glory days over the Christmas period. We'll have it on our Twitter feed, at Craggy Rugby, exactly when we'll be played again on Galway BFM.
1: I'm with Conor McPhillips, the backs coach for Connacht and you're very welcome along to the Craggy Rugby Podcast.
11: Hey William, um, thanks for having me here, i looking forward to having a chat.
1: Connor, you played for uh, Connacht from 2003 to 2009, um, made 120 appearances and scored 32 tries which puts you in the second in the, in, in the Connacht list. Um, Connacht then were a side that were, the most predictable thing about them maybe was their unpredictability they had some great times and some uh, some very difficult times
11: yeah um, yeah I'm kind of being a part of that at the time you it can be frustrating but i think that's the biggest thing now is that um, Connacht have become more and um, consistent in what they do and that was a big a big work on in the last couple of years but back back in um, those in early 2000 obviously we had the issue of nearly being disbanded and then um, for my couple of years, there was a lot of guys just coming in from AIL club rugby uh, under Michael Bradley. And um, it was just, it was great. For me, it was just massive ups and downs and highs and lows, like you say. Um, but like Anthony, you don't plan to go out to do that. You plan to go out and win. And there's probably no one thing you can put your finger on it to say that's why. So it was just, like you said, that's, that's what, the way it was back in those days. You're
1: talking there about coming fr- from AIL. Was, was, was that a big. Was there a huge difference then between AIL and what Connacht were at or was it was it closer?
11: Uh, probably closer because um, obviously back then a lot of the um, the AIL derby matches would be almost like Interpros um, and obviously that's changed a little bit and the profile of players has changed but it probably was an easier transition now, then for me um, than it would be for a lot of guys now. Obviously there's still guys coming through like uh, Nighi, Dave McSherry, Craig Rollins and Matt Healy. But um, these guys are obviously done really well to do that, but it was a little bit easier to transition back back in the uh, in early 2000s, yeah.
1: And what would be the biggest difference between... What would you say now is the biggest... Is it, is it simply the fact that, it, that it's all professional now? It,
11: yeah, I think it's the pro, like the players are all a lot younger playing AIL. Like, there's a lot of guys 18, 19, 20 playing um, and would have a, a couple of seasons under their belt in their early 20s. But back... In early two thousand, I think the majority of the team were hardened kind of guys who played maybe twenty or thirty times for Leinster. The age profile was a lot higher, and um, probably more late twenties. So just the whole sh- game has changed, and it is. It was. It's th- these guys were professional almost back playing club rugby, and they'd only play a couple of interpros a year. So now it's um, even academy guys. Uh, the IL is pretty much more mostly academy guys, and then young guys out of school and out of under twenties rugby. So it's just the profile of player really.
1: If you if you look at the younger players coming through, now you're you're saying that most of the guys in AIL are, are young academy players. Are they already starting to deal with the modern coaching techniques along the lines of analysis and how you break their game down, or do they? Is there still a difference when they come here that you have to sort of start retraining them to some of the more I'm talking about the analysis side. Yeah.
11: I think the academy guys in the academy are lucky because they get the uh, the whole. Uh, they get looked after their whole approach, as in college, nutrition, uh, weights, training, and they get access to the, all the analysis. So they get a well-rounded um, view of what, what what's to come to be a professional. But then there's a lot of guys, just club rugby guys, who, be maybe missed the boat or maybe injured when they were trying to get into academy, or they just kind of develop later, and these guys come in as well. But I think. The big thing with Step Up from Academy or Step From Club Rugby to Pro Rugby is just the level of detail and the small things that matter and the 1%. Um, just all about even how much analysis they do on themselves, the opposition, on their training. It's just there is a lot of work to be done. Um, there's a lot of individuals who might be as talented as others but they're willing to put in that hard work and they'll often go further because there is so much detail to be learned and know their role. Some guys play different positions, they have to know where to be. And The game is quite structured but even when it's not structured you need to know how to um, control you can control your body, how you present the ball, all these sort of things. There's so many small th- details that go into um, the big picture in the pro game.
1: So do you is part of the coaching almost to coach players to to understand that these small percents make a big difference
11: yeah and I, I, it is be similar everywhere but we put a big emphasis on we want to create a learning environment here in connacht and we want the players to be um we educate the players to analyze themselves so instead of them you telling them you should have done this you should have done that what we have now is guys are coming to us pointing out their own flaws and they know i should have done this here so it's about educating the player but also Showing them analysis techniques, how, what's best to look at, how you, how you analyse opposition and how you analyse yourself. So the big thing for players is to be uh, self-aware. So there's no point in a player coming to you and saying, why am I being picked? Here's five brilliant things I did. They need to show you what they need to work on as well. So they might have four or five things to work on and you see four or five good things. But a lot comes back to the relationship with the player and the coach. But at the end of the day, the coach wants to make the players better. Um, they wanna, they, you want to be a hard selection at the end of the week. You want to have twenty or thirty guys to pick from, not just five or ten, and ma- make it easy for you. So it's all about developing the player, but it's a two-way street. They need to be open-minded and self-aware that, literally, at the end of the day, you want to make that player better and that individual a better uh, player, and give them every chance to be selected each week.
1: I think the analysis for most people watching, uh, is guys in a coaching box with laptops. Yeah. Now, the first time I er- I ever saw that was probably in Australian rules. Mm-hmm. Um, I was quite shocked by it because Australian rules doesn't seem to have any plan or structure. But that was probably that was my ignorance at the time. I don't know much about it now, but I've realised that there there has all sports have a structure. What's exact? What what's going on on those computers when you're sitting there?
11: So. Um... It'll be a a live feed of the game, so you get different angles, so you're probably working off maybe two angles during the game, Uh, the TV version where you'll have replays, and there'll be a wide angle as well where you kind of get to see the whole pitch and general movement. So um, on match day, there's probably not a massive amount you can change or do, but even, again, you talk about 1% or 2% or one little thing that can make a difference. So I think um, for Ford's coaches, they'll be looking at um, line 8 formations, uh, how the opposition are defending, and um, maybe scrum, uh, maybe something do with the opposition, how they're binding or how they're setting up. Um, so, fourth coaches can then show some, uh, so it's all well and good telling the players that they're doing this, that or the other, but if you can actually show them a picture at half-time and they can see it themselves, it's a lot more powerful than just words. Um, defence coaches might be looking for, um, if a team is really targeting a certain area and we've got guys, we need to put more guys in a certain position or just change our defence system attack coaches are doing the same for the uh, opposition they're looking for chinks in the armor or there's so much analysis done pre-game but you're just almost confirming on the day that what you've seen before that they're still doing it and the game happens so quick so there's always stuff you can see with the naked eye and the camera won't see but it's nice to be able to look back on these laptops and uh, confirm what, you, what you've seen or be able to show pictures to the players at have time to really make it powerful so they can see what you're seeing as opposed to just your words
1: yeah the half the half time scenario um I've been coming up here for, for many, many years, and you might find this hard to believe, but at one stage, over on the far side of the ground, this is going back into the dim and distant, the spectators actually shared, uh, the men's toilet was shared between the team and the spectators, right. and at halftime, uh, a, a coach of Ulster, I won't name him, was having, uh, he was just screaming, and we, we could all hear this, and there was three Ulster players standing in the toilet, sort of. Talking to each other and saying we won't go back in yet, we'll just wait for a minute till he's calmed oh. down. I, I'm really surprised now when you when we get a television picture of a half time, it's so calm in there. There's no hairdryer, there's no yeah. arm waving, you've got some guys looking at tablets, somebody else is looking at a television, there's maybe somebody even on a whiteboard. Yeah. That's just part of the structure now, is it?
11: Well, I think that comes back to the coaches, the head coach. You will still see the ranting and raving and banging walls. Uh, every coach has their own style. But I think the big thing that with Pat is these guys have come in after 40 minutes of rugby. They, Their minds are racing, their hearts are racing, they're tired, they've got bangs, they've got knocks. So the last thing they want to be is shouted at. and Maybe sometimes there might be time for that. But I think the key thing at halftime is to be calm, to... Get you get the message across the coaching gets get his message across to the players and then deliver what you need to do in that next half whether it's a change in um, change in a uh, game plan or just if you tinker with a few little things or positions again these comes back to small detail but they can make a big difference in the, in the in the grand scheme of things so there's no like even a couple of years back I think um, when Leinster were behind against the Saints in the in the European Cup final, they were having a, a rough first half and I think there was a couple of things they tinker with in their scrum and it made the whole difference in the second half and they put that back to they nearly put back winning the winning the game to something small like that. So it is very valuable but I do do think there is still coaches out there who will bang walls and stuff, but I think it depends on the individual. But uh, for me calm and like you say, calm and collected and a few visual tools and just some clear and concise messages for the second half is the most important
1: and do you have to approach different i mean everybody's different so do you have to are some <laughs> players much better with a visual stimulus than other guys maybe you have to explain it to them and yeah. it's a more of a verbal thing and do you have to break understand understand your player before you start giving them
11: information definitely and that's uh, a big thing pat has driven on something i would have learned um as soon as pat came in he was thinking he spoke about was <laughs> Catering for every learning style, so every player is different. Some players, like you say, are visual. Some players need to uh, do it. Some players can just do it by you telling them. So you need to know your um, your profile of player. Um, you need to know some some reactive in at. Some reactive in shadla in front of people. Some react better if they're just maybe got stern words behind closed doors. So you need to know your profile of player, and you need to be able to deliver that, which is the best way for them to learn. But also you've only got a few minutes of half time, so you might be able to cater for four or five different learning styles, so you just try and get your message across which, whichever way, but that's not just half halftime, it, that's part of a coach's job, is being able to deliver different tech, uh, coaching techniques to every type of learning um, learning style.
0: Right, that was Conor Phillips, so and now we're going into the final section of the podcast, and we've got some, any other business, I think William's got something interesting
1: yeah um, I didn't have a parking space today but I was actually driving uh, Captain Craggy Um, so we we roll up to the gate um, where the chap doesn't have a list of names which is quite unusual because normally he does and he leans in, he looks at us and he says are you lads the band? (laughs) well he was wearing a very snazzy suit I have to say a very very sharp suit and a very pristine white shirt
0: (laughs) Okay, Dave, you reckon you have a little bit of any other business?
5: Uh, yeah, well, first of all, congratulations to the Connacht women. Uh, very good victory today against Ulster ladies, but them 9 12. Probably feel a little disappointed that they didn't zip them because they were 22 nil up at half time. Uh, unfortunately, they lost 12 8 to Munster last week, which means they didn't get the Interprovincial, but it's very good. And it's a, <laughs> I just feel kind of sad that A they put the first game up against the true Viso game and that, that we won't get to see them play again till next season because it's all played off. The other thing, and this is just something to keep an eye on folks, uh, we got an email this week from European Rugby about an issue that's arisen in England and France and it is that the company that owns Montpellier are about to take over a controlling interest in Gloucester and EP uh, European Rugby have raised that issue that they feel that it is they want to be sure that this is not going to raise issues about impropriety, like it isn't theoretically possible, it's, it could well happen that Montpellier and Gloucester are drawn against each other in European competition, maybe not this year but certainly after the takeover they want to get, they, want, they are going to have talks with both the French Union, the English Union both clubs and World Rugby and they, uh, so it's one to keep an eye on because it's looking like that deal is going to go through and the, I think they're called Apex or, or Alex they are likely to be taking over Gloucester um, it is not something I've heard in rugby before, and I know that in football it's definitely been an issue about people controlling different clubs. I think Watford are a prime example of that with their loan deals with uh, Udinese and Granada in Spain. It can lead to issues. It can be can be exploited. And it, it's, it is unusual. It's the first proactive thing I've ever seen European rugby do, and that is, hold on a minute, lads. We need to talk about this.
1: Yeah, just on the, 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 the proactiveness, uh, I I get the feeling that... There's a desire among EPCR and Pro 12 to try to become more proactive. They don't just want to be seen as tournament organisers. Uh, whether that actually comes to anything or not is, an, is another issue. But World Rugby is a very unwieldy body that just sort of bobs along and makes decisions in, in roundabout ways. But that is an issue uh, because you just know Montpellier and Gloucester are going to be in,
6: in a group next year, probably in the Challenge Cup. It's inevitable.
0: Certainly is Danny. Have you got any other business?
6: Yeah, just a small one. It's actually uh, Rob's any other business. He was oh. quite annoyed, but he, he I, I said I promised that I'd, I'd say it is the, the fact that Wasps were white and we were black tonight when we normally wear green and they normally wear black. I understand it's the European kind of thing, but you know, we're at home, wear the green,
4: you know. Okay, anything from Ronan? Um, I, I'm just well, I. I I think the um, the officiating I think for me I'm getting a bit sick and tired of every week you know looking up games and getting really frustrated with the touch judges um, who just seem to do very little really to be honest and also the application of the rules, the inconsistencies, then also the disciplinary process, which doesn't seem to follow through on what we understand to be the the penalties and punishments uh, for certain types of foul play. Uh, it, you know, it, it depresses me. It depresses me a lot. Actually, uh, I love rugby. I love watching it, but uh, the inconsistencies—they just drive me mental
3: first of all I thought the officiating tonight was uh, there was nothing wrong with it at all whatsoever and anybody that says any (laughs) (laughs) difference they're a liar Um, but the the other thing my actual favourite thing that's happened in rugby uh, probably uh, this season has been that if you admit to doing something that the world saw you did you get a week taken off your suspension
0: (laughs) utterly bananas
3: utterly bananas I'm not even going to talk about the player who did it but <laughs> that is just I think yeah. that is the funniest funniest thing uh, that once, once it's seen once you, admi- once you admit to it standard action, get a week off yeah. and then maybe get two added on for something else and take away another one that's no,
0: bizarre bananas oh, and I think we might finish on that note I was going to talk about the goalpost not being painted but we'll leave that one that's just my little pet hobby and um, roll on after